Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to She Podcasts. I am your freezing cold co-host, Jessica <laughs> Kupferman. And we are here with Elsie Escobar, who is my co-host and also looks freezing cold. Yeah. And John Jamingo. That's right. That is right. How is everyone doing? Change of weather uh, we have. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, my gosh. Indeed. I woke up in the middle of the night, thought I had a fever. I was shivering so hard. And here what happened was just kicked the covers off. Oh, my gosh. gosh. That's ridiculous. Kidding me? I don't think I've ever woken up from shivering. I was like, my God, it's cold in here. What's going on? It's so cold. I'm wearing a pashmina of all things. A pashmina? Remember when those were so like the it thing? The thing. I know. Pajmina. I had one of my guests, a guest at the restaurant that I worked in, mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills. He, I guess, had a little bit of a thing, mm-hmm. and he gave me a pashmina as a tip. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Don't get one of those every day. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where everyone's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. That is I don't nice. know what to do with this. That's like so nice. That's like so nice. And Mm -hmm. um, thanks. Bye. (laughs) It doesn't get you anything extra, man. Thanks for the tip. Nothing (laughs) extra. All right. So if if no one's going to mention this right now, I have to mention this right off the bat. LC has high speed internet. Yes, I know, but we're not going to mention this until we get to the tooltips because it's added. Oh, it's into- a tooltip. It's a tooltip. Is the tooltip how to have, have Wi-Fi? Because I hate to tell you this. Right now. I hate to tell you, most of us know this tool of internet. Yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, we're going to have a further discussion as to the entire process of me acquiring this mm-hmm. said tool uh, because... It's a. It was a process. It was a very, and as you guys know, it's a very in-depth process. So I kind of don't want to talk about it right now. It has its own segment. And for those of you who want to know how I finally ended up getting a proper internet, we will discuss it. For I know. I can't wait to hear about it. I know you can't, Jess. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But also, like- again, is this a learning moment for our audience or do they already have this taken care of no not everybody okay i'm just curious oh my i believe you i'm just saying (laughs) have you seen the conversation in the podcast guru slack channel of how now todd cochran is dealing with the same issues as well shout out todd sorry about no internet sad for you i have Um, not seen that and so it is a thing in fact i know it's it's a very big thing and we've been discussing it many times so, yes, but there's also another tool that I'm going to be discussing at that time as well. But alas. But wait a minute. Where is he? Uh, I think Minnesota. It says, I'm dealing with this in my country location now. Michigan. Country location now. What does that mean? Michigan can have country. I don't know. That's where he's living now. Oh, because he, he lives in the country. In new county I thought he was location. saying it was a different country. No, he's not. I didn't understand. I understand now. Yeah, he was a city mouse. Now he's a country kind of mouse. A dumb assumption yes. on my part. Yeah, correct. And he is now coming to understand the pain, right? And it's not going to become easier for folks because everybody's <laughs> leaving cities. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's true. It just it's going to become an issue to- for a lot more people that are going to be like, oh. I didn't know that I couldn't do what I did for all these years when I was just in this other place. I see there's you have a to problem. Step it up. You mean you guys don't have this? Like this isn't a thing here? <laughs> it is. That's right. That is correct. It is a thing. Well, my latest personal mission is to try not to look homeless when I do Zoom recordings and other videos. I don't think it's going well. Let's just say that. My hair, no matter what I do, looks like I've been electrocuted. I think makeup helps. I will say that. Like, I do think the makeup is helping. But there is just no taming this head of hair. So, like, I'm going to have to break out the jewelry and the accessories and just kind of, like, look put together except for my crazy-ass hair. What about a Mm. scarf? Do you ever think about scarfing that thing up? My hair scarf? Like I don't know. 
like what one of cap? these type deals? I actually don't know. I I can give you no help with this because I don't know. I don't have curly hair. And yeah, yours is always sleek and nice. It's just, well, when it's not, it's like this on my head or in the back or just wound, wrapped up somehow. So. You know, I never understood why like women CEOs straighten their hair when they have nice curly hair. And like my friend Megan um, straightens her hair every day and she's like a lawyer, a woman's rights lawyer. I think I understand it now because I just don't feel like, how can I take myself seriously like this? Like, how can anyone take me seriously like this? Anyway, so I just I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about because I also don't know what to wear every day because quarant- you know, we're still kind of quarantined. We don't go out. I don't go work anywhere. So like I want to look a little bit more professional, but I still have to be equally as comfortable as I was when I was wearing pajamas. So how is this going to work? I mean, I, I think day pajamas on the bottom maybe and then something nice on the top. I don't know. Yeah, you have to change clothes. Like, I mean, not change clothes. You ha- I'm not saying you, Jessica, have I to change clothes. I'm just, I've been also thinking very much about this. And I do think that there's going to be yet another, you know, the whole athleisure. Athleisure, ath- yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there's also going to be another layer to that, which is going to be more like. There is. It's called loungewear. Yes. Or it could be like fashion mullet. Uh, party on the bottom, <laughs> business on the top. <laughs> I'm okay with a party on the bottom. I don't know how to do the business on top and remain comfortable though. Like this is, I'm just wearing a normal t-shirt today. Yes, it does say nope. It's a long sleeve t-shirt. And then I grabbed this. I figured I would just keep this in my office because I'm always freezing my bloomers off in here. So, I mean, I guess this looks somewhat professional because it's scarfy. Right. But I have also resorted to one shower every other day instead of trying to push my luck with a two days or I have to, because the hair, it just like the second day is the day of homelessness. Um, and so if I don't shower every other day, I just look homeless. Also, I can't shower at night for the same reason. I wake up and it just looks ridiculous every morning. On that note, we're going to be moving on to our first sponsor of the episode today, which is uh, podcasting, comma, seriously with Jaleka Lantigua Williams. Uh, I hope that y'all attended her very, very first um, webinar that she, not her very, very first, but in terms of the series in the her fall. First in the series, right. First in the series in the fall. September 19th, she had a webinar that was on alternative ways to measure your podcast success that aren't downloads, which has been a huge conversation for us already. So I do hope that y'all attended. Give her a shout out. Please tell her thank you for for um, sponsoring She Podcasts because you learned about it, about your attendance to this webinar. I do believe you could still get access to all of this stuff. So please, please, please go over to podcastingseriously.com. That said, coming up in October, October 24th, uh, which is a Saturday. So she does these webinars on Saturday and it's a Saturday morning Pacific Standard Time, afternoon and Eastern Standard Time. And the name of the podcast, excuse me, the webinar is What Does Editing Have to Do With Podcasting? Which is, again, another big conversation that us we have here in the space all the time. There's people who are like, no, no, I don't want to edit anything out. And then there's the people who are like, Oh my God, all the things. I need to take out every breath, every every um, every like, every all the things. And so what's the bottom line or not the bottom line, the, the middle line in all of these things. So please, please, please head over to these webinars are going to really up-level who you are in podcasting, particularly if you want to do this as like for ser- seriously, podcasting seriously. <laughs> Very smart. Seriously though. Seriously. Seriously, though. Seriously. Anyway, head on over there, podcastingseriously.com, or click the link in the show notes, please. Click the link in the show notes. They are really accessible. In fact, I do this. I spent all this time doing this for y'all. I chapter mark our sponsors. So if you are listening to this in Overcast or Castro and you have up level, like paid for the app itself. So you're a premium subscriber. There's also other apps like Apple Podcasts that that support chapter marks. You can swipe through the chapter mark and you can tap on it. You can see our sponsor and the link is embedded into the MP3. So you can immediately go directly from there. You don't even have to think it. So please go ahead and do that the next time you check on your app. 
I forgot to say before we started, Happy New Year to those of you of the Jewish faith and those of you who are not of the Jewish faith. I always found it really kind of therapeutic that a new year is at the beginning of a new school year because you celebrate the new calendar year like after Christmas, which is nice. But then you also get to like, it really is kind of a change, like the weather changes, you start to get more serious, you start to worry about the holidays and school and backpacks and new wardrobe, because it's like you're going into two seasons of cold versus two seasons of not cold. So I always think it's kind of nice that Rosh Hashanah is right in the fall. And yeah, I just wanted to say Happy New Year. And I hope that you accomplish all the things you want to accomplish this year and that it's not such a shit show as last year was. That's my sweet yeah. New Year's wish. Yes, Please let it not- be less of a shit show. Ta-da. Yes, yes. And and let's bring this blessing beyond humans <laughs> into the energetic pulse of the universe itself because it feels to me that 2020 actually was an entity <laughs> yes. that just messed up all the things. Yeah. And so therefore, we need to just invoke Maybe it's the baby, you know that um, that New Year baby, the little baby with the big ears that came. <laughs> yeah, Remember that? Yeah, it's so cute. Anyway, maybe we can get a new baby that is really not like 2020 was. So. Yeah, if 2020 was a baby, it would be Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would not be Baby New Year. It would be right. It would be Dawn of the Living Dead. It will That's be exactly scary, right. whatever those yeah, those scary babies. It would be Rosemary's baby. It's not getting better. It's just getting worse. What else? Yeah, people terrible. gotta stop saying, "Hey, you know what? How more, more worse could this get?" Stop saying that. Yeah, Honestly, please, though, not. there were fires and hurricanes and race riots and tornadoes all last week, and then Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, which is sad for her family, but also sad for the rest of us. There's just an insane amount of things that you're just like, what? It's just what? every day I read the news. Honestly, it's like watching a reality television show. I just want to see what happened that day. Like, what could he what more stupid thing could possibly he have said? And he is just like a never ending stream of interesting material. Now I know why Howard always said, like, he is the best guest I've ever had on the show. And it's because. The material never stops coming. Never. Not because he's a good guy, just because he's endlessly entertaining. Which, you know, in hindsight, perhaps maybe we don't vote that guy in. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Maybe we don't. Anyway. I'm just saying for those of you out there, entertaining should not be the number one criteria for presidency. No, that is not. No, not at all. And also, actually, you know what? There's a lot of the the theme that you just tapped on right there is really a big part of what we're We're talking about today. That is exactly right. Oh, but alas, we're going to start off, though, by reading some feedback, which I got permission to do so from one of our dearest and nearest of our super fan, super squatters, which is Patrick Keller. And, you know, we are you going to give Patrick a voice, though? Not necessarily been too thoughtful in some of the words that we used, or not words that we used, in the way that we positioned being a teacher uh, as something that was possibly easier than what we are living, what? you and I, as in like Jessica and Elsie. Not me. I must in have our said lives. It. If I said this is not nearly what I meant. Uh, exactly. But then again, Jess, we have learned that intention does not necessarily equal impact. And he Who said was that? very, very, huh? 2020 is not the year to become a teacher because it's such an easy job. I know I didn't say that. I don't know, but he said you too. So you two got in trouble, not me. Yeah, I know. Je- Who the fuck John said did that? Not. Listen, it's not that. It's that we were saying, we were talking about having, oh, is it? And then we were saying like, is it going to, are we having summer times off? And like, oh, how cool would it be? Oh, it was you. All, all right. It was you. I was going to say. Things- Hold on, how it would be really nice. And then I said, is it really that easy? And then you responded back to me with some like, oh, yeah, all they have to do. And this is what I do remember this. Once you teach the thing, all you have to do is just teach the same thing the next time. How hard can it be? Oh, yearly. Yeah, yearly. I did say that. That's true. I did say that. However, before you get into this feedback, maybe after, let's just hear it and then I'll clarify what I meant. Jessica, this is not about defending what we said. I know. Obviously, we're perceived 
as being not necessarily thoughtful about our words. I know. So I take responsibility for that. And I'm like, you know what? That's probably not the best thing because we are, and I think she he alludes it here towards the end. So I'm going to read it yeah. so that we hear what he has to say about it. Yeah. So this is what he said. Yeah. Y'all are so in trouble. <laughs> Come on now. 2020 is not the year to become a teacher because no. it's such an easy job. Agree. I know it wasn't meant to offend. But since I love you both and you wanted me to join in the conversation, here it goes. I don't want, I don't even have time to get, give you my full engagement. Correct? Because I hear you. I teach six curriculums, three grade levels, never have time to pee or eat, have hundreds of students, as many as 65 students in one room two classrooms, am responsible for shielding them in the event of a mass shooting, am required to make sure all of them are learning, no matter what the ability level, right. and even if they're nonverbal, and we have less and less support and respect with every year. This year, I've had to learn 11,000 new skills, 11,000 new skills to teach virtually. Did you say eleventy? That was cute. I know. And now, both virtually and in person, I learned those skills over the supposedly free summer. And I get the added benefit of having to risk my life in a classroom when I get my rotation to head back into the building next quarter. I'm treated for anxiety, and I know my health has suffered because of it. Students come to me with an increasing amount of trauma, and I've spent more than a handful of of nights not sleeping because I worried about a student who expressed suicidal ideation or was hospitalized because of it. I have a few stories from the year that would make you cry or rock in a corner. No doubt. I'm also on the executive committee of an enormous school's district's teachers union where I have worked over time making sure teachers are safe, treated fairly, and not taken advantage of. One of our latest wars is fighting to make our district and community understand that black teachers and students matter. I do all of this and continue to podcast. With all this being said, after a hard day of school, I've made the mistake before of making the comment that I was going to drive down to the street to insert name of any fast food establishment to get a job application. And that was an insult to the hardworking people of that profession, which I have experience in. So I should know better. Anyway, that is all. Hugs and kisses. And okay. From our love, Patrick So to clarify... The detail that he provided here was much more than necessary, but also oh, come on. No, it was it was very insightful. But I already so I for whatever reason for various reasons am friends with and know a lot of teachers. For some reason, half the people that I went to summer camp with are now teachers. Right. My okay, ex, my roommate in college was a teacher. My, my best, you know, like I, I know a lot of teachers and I see what they post on Facebook. I know their struggles. I know it's a terrible, terrible time to be a teacher. It was a terrible time to be a teacher before pandemic. They were already underpaid, underappreciated, underfunded, underserviced. Their lives are tough. And I mean, that's with that's without all the emotional baggage that comes along with older kids, which is what Patrick teaches and having to deal with like multiple grading levels in the same class, et cetera, et cetera. I know it's terrible. It's terrible. I do not envy any teacher. And actually right now I feel terrible for all the students as well, because they're trying to figure out how to learn at their house with their parents on a new, you know, in a new way. And, and once, if you're an older kid, you know, it's harder to learn languages the older you get. So if you're in high school or middle school and you have to now learn how to focus and be productive virtually and at home, it's like learning a whole new language. Like little kids can adapt because they've never done first grade, second, you know, but but the older kids are having it rough, dude. I don't know one person whose kid is thriving because they're doing school at home. I do not know one person. So I know it's terrible. I will also say this, technically... You did not prove us wrong about the teaching the same thing over and over. You did add a lot of insight, but I do believe that your curriculum can remain mostly the same year after year, which is, I think, what I chimed in. As far as summers and weekends, I also know teachers that take off for this. You know, I have a teacher that takes off for the summer 
This is preschool, though, so not regular school. I know you guys have to keep your skills up and plan for your year. And a lot of teachers go and do things at summer camp because they also don't get paid or they don't get paid enough where they can't take off work all summer. They have to go find a different job doing something else. So I'm sorry if we were flippant about the pain and suffering of teachers. I certainly never intended that because I can just tell you that. I feel terrible for them right now. It's a terrible time to be a teacher. But also, I don't know a time when it has been terrible to be a teacher because also kids, so many kids. Oh, God. Ugh. But alas, that's that's all I think we needed to say was sorry, sorry that we were flippant and we didn't really take into consideration all of these other layers yeah. that, as we know, at some point we have always thought about. But I think he really brings the point home and – and as that it moves beyond teaching, it is about being human where he says, you know, all of us are going like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could just go do that because that's easier than what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. And we really honestly don't know what other people are going through. And it feels and lands insulting for the person who is doing that one job. And I feel that we do have to be careful about our idea of what a job is and and how much it really takes to do what we need to do. And just consider that. Consider the things that we didn't really think about before when yeah. it comes to that. And that there is no like, oh, I wish I was a janitor or <laughs> I wish that I was. And like to think that that was just that's somehow easier. The idea of a summer whatever. off is appealing, right. but that's not taking into consideration that we know anything about teaching. It just means that right. the idea of a summer off is appealing. Exactly. So I, I would think about that yeah. for sure. Like I would go like, oh, my gosh, it would be great. Yeah. To have X amount of time off and then you can just come back. But again, we really don't know the reality of what that looks like at all. So our and Emily, apologies to that. Emily wrote and our, you know, too. And we actually had a little bit of feedback also from another friend of our show, yep. Emily Prokov, who yep. is also co-host with John on his other show, Hate the Weight. And she said she followed up on the conversation with, with uh, Patrick and she said, I thought the same thing hearing the episode. My ex is a teacher and I can guarantee there were no summers or weekends off. There were long nights of worrying about lesson plans, pleasing the district with scores, having to balance teaching common core, plus getting kids prepared for standardized testing, oh, etc. I love you all, but I'm glad that this was mentioned. So, I mean, getting just two of those, we know that there's probably more people. Sorry. That have yeah, that's it. We would never. That's all, man. We didn't that's mean all, man. anything like that. I'm sorry. Anywho, thank you so much. And if anybody has any any other feedback, please send it along. I mean, honestly, we're here. We would love to hear if you have anything that comes up. It'll give us something to talk about. Yes. <laughs> and also to clarify, maybe some of the things that we often say. Sometimes we say things like Jessica said, like in a flippant manner, or we don't really think about what we're saying. Just because we're kind of having a conversation where we're not thinking too far ahead, yeah. which takes me to <laughs> our Rogan, next uh, story. <laughs> and this is actually moving us into some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. So this was a conversation that's been coming up in the space, and I just saw it last week. It is about uh, the mighty Joe Rogan, and he admitted that he um, effed up spreading conspiracy theories about California, Oregon, and wildfires. So he apologized, which was like, oh, my God. But um, – and it was shocking to so many people because he literally said he didn't vet a story. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to get into – Why is this shocking? Because, because he's never apologized for anything before. I don't think has he ever said, done this before. He's ne no, he's just never apologized to what he had. He's never apologized for his content before. Okay. Okay. So he'll say what he's going to say. He'll have who he's going to say, and he just take it for what it is. That's who he is. He apologized for doing this um, because he didn't vet the story, and uh, you know. Saying what he said might not have been the best, but th that's. But I think that now moving back into the other conversation that we were having, you know, one of the key things about JRE is that he's having a lot of influence everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Right. Yes. But to some degree, yes, he is like the he is a very large influence. But so are we. 
I mean, so are we when we start discussing teachers in this way that we discussed and Patrick sent us this feedback. So are we when we communicate that way about things that maybe are impacting the culture around us and we're not really mindful about it. So meaning and recognizing the influence that stretches beyond you in your podcast and maybe as a podcast host that you didn't even know you had. So the end of this article is the part that really concerns me. At the end of this article about him apologizing, it says, Rogan has continued to speak out against Democratic nominee Joe Biden since then, and Trump has taken note in recent, in recent weeks, wascally wabbit, in recent weeks, Trump has posted clips from Rogan's podcast out of context, making them look like endorsements when in fact Rogan attacks Trump as much as he attacks Biden. For every fan that discovers this context, there are others that will not. More and more people are calling on Rogan to change his approach to podcasting and recognition of his immense influence on the American political arena. Oy vey is all I have to say to that. For sure. But now, but here's the thing, though. Like, I don't like to, I'll take it away. Like, that's actually, I get it. I understand he is his own thing and he has to deal with his own influence. Yeah. But I actually turn it back on each one of us that are podcasting. What if our name was put into there? What if our name was not JRE, but our name was Elsie and Jessica? So you could read that same sentence and add Elsie and Jessica are podcast hosts and they have all this influence that's happening here. And we have impact in the political space in this or impact in the social legal space. I would be annoyed to have to curb my comments, especially if I was an equal opportunity insulter. I'm supposed to worry about someone taking my content and out of context and putting it up. No, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, John. We're I talking about the responsibility of your words coming out of your mouth when you are recording content and being a you are voicing an opinion, correct? But sure. podcasts have a lot of influence, which I know Jess and I have uh, definitely have that. Yeah. We have people quote us. We have people buy things that we say they need to buy. Yep. We were able to rate double, you know, have like a conference. Yep. And we're nobody compared to Joe. Nobody. I'm not talking about Joy. I, Joe, I'm saying, I'm saying compa in comparison, though, it's so small, but it does exist for everyone. That's my point. It does exist for everyone. Right. Yes. And so there's Joe. Got it. But that's literally saying, oh, well, that's just Joe. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But that's what I want to not say. Right. It's us. We have to think about what we say and the impact that we have with our work. And I and my question is this, it's not necessarily a yes, this is you have to curb your content or no, I can say whatever I want. Is what is the responsibility? And how do you as a human being take that responsibility for yourself? I think that apologizing for not vetting a story is the right thing to do. I think apologizing for someone else being able to mix my words into something it wasn't is not something I would apologize for. But I would also be very verbal about the fact that that was done so that people oh, are yeah. clear that, you know, what your stance is versus what they twisted it into. Absolutely. I mean, this. If Go you're ahead. asking the question as to whether or not I should curb my language or the things that I say if I were him or who we are, be that as it may. I would I would say as long as you're saying something factual and truthful, it's not your responsibility to worry about what other people are going to do with your words. I don't think. As long as he is saying something factual, whether it's about Joe or Donald, whether it's about didn't someone say the other day that like he was on drugs or something like Joe's like doping, okay? And unless there's some kind of proof or article written about that, that's irresponsible. It's an irresponsible thing to say because you are having legitimate influence on our political arena, as it's, as he said. So I think as long as you're speaking truth or somehow proven truth, I'm sure he has an opinion as well. But that has to be clear, I guess, because otherwise you're just a shitty person. It's like Alex, what's his name? You know, I know exactly why that episode was not released with all his other episodes, because Alex Jones just makes shit up. 
And probably Joe didn't want to have... Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about Joe as much. It's us. Like, how do you handle it? And I think that the reason I'm, I'm saying this that, though, I'm saying is this is how you handle it. And if right. you're speaking the truth, then you don't need to apologize for what other people do with that information. You just have to make it clear what you think. And if they choose to take a, a snippet of what you've said and turn it into an endorsement for something you don't endorse, then I think you need to be verbal about the fact that that was done. But I don't think right. you need to be careful about speaking true words. Right. But now I think we had this conversation offline and I'm going to leave it very open without naming any names. But we had a conversation about somebody that said something in a podcast, their podcast, and that that snippet was clipped of something like an opinion, if yeah, you will, okay. an opinion about something like you were saying. And that snippet then went on to a tweet and they were talking about from a specific company. And so that snippet was then sent over to the company and said, is this your company stance company? Because this person works for you. Ooh. And the snippet of what they said in the podcast was put on Twitter Oh, my God. So then, like... So different when you work for a company because you are, like it or not, a representation of where you right. work. Okay. So now we're, we're... That's what I'm saying. But at the same time... So now somebody could snip a little bit of the things that you might have said or I might have said in She Podcast about something, a snippet. Mind you, remember, this is like maybe a minute. Yeah. And put it out and say, is this what She Podcast stands for? Well, the answer is either yes or no. What's the right. threat? And so if exactly, so like, let's say we're talking about this, the teaching thing and we're oh. like the way that we were talking about being a little flippant about it. And is this what she podcast thinks of teachers? The answer is it was taken a little bit out of context because we didn't elaborate on how we really feel about teachers, just that it would be nice to have summers off. It doesn't mean that teachers don't do a hard job. Right. So I, I And I get it, but I understand what that means in terms of the responsibility here. Like, I would say exactly what you just said. Like, if somebody, you know, if Patrick would have taken that little bit and he not being so supportive of us and such a friend of ours to have been so thoughtful and leaving that feedback in there with like a hug emoji and a love emoji and being super respectful, but literally like slapping us on the hand a little bit because this is a little bit hurtful to me. And have somebody do that online for us. And then that just catapulted another bit of conversation. And we have to come out. That is our responsibility, correct? To mm -hmm. not only correct it or put it forward or think about, don't you think that we should then go, you know what? We should probably think a little bit more about maybe some conversations beyond how fun it is sometimes. Mm -hmm. It just comes with it. You're making content. You're having a discussion about something and something pops up. You don't get a chance in the moment to vet everything that you're talking about, number one. And number two, people are going to take whatever you say and then try to get you in trouble with it because some people on the internet think that's a lot of fun to do or they, that they enjoy that. They think they're doing something special by taking what you said and then trying to get you in trouble with it. And I think that's disgusting, to be quite honest with you. Well, there's a difference between what you just said, John. And to have a conversation for somebody like Patrick, right? So there is a room for that. There's room for having feedback and saying, consider this. I am a teacher. This was hurtful. No, I get that part of it. Right. So we're not, and I don't want to make these generalized things. I want us, I think, this is what I, I really drive home is that it's personal responsibility to recognize how your words impact beyond your intention, the end. And whether or not you feel, and I'm saying you, not just you, I'm saying everyone, you feel it is your responsibility. And if you don't feel it's your responsibility and screw it, it's all about me, then that's your mission. Those are your values. Mm -hmm. Right? You stand by them. Screw yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. What about this situation? So okay. I know it's about Joe. And I'm trying to figure out a way to have it pertain to us. So let's say that you and I signed on with a network. We're being paid by a network. And they know that the show is controversial. They know that the show garners a lot of attention. We have a guest on that says something negative about trans people, something that's very well known. I mean, it's very well known that Joe has a thing about trans people. It's very well known. And he had a conversation last week about someone. There were things that were said that the staff didn't like. 
because, you know, some of them were very insulted by what they said, the guest. And so now they want more control over what he's putting out on the network, which is like this deal went sour in like five minutes. This guy's barely been on the fucking, <laughs> the fucking network. And they already showed that like a lot of interviews, Alex Jones, Yiannopoulos, they were all taken out. But now here he's done a new interview with someone who's pissing off the staff and they want to remove it. So what do we think about that? Who owns this? For all we know, it's, it's licensed content. They don't own the content. So they don't no, really has- have the right to tell him what he can say or not say. I just find it really interesting that already he has no friends there. Well, that's because it's like, if you think about it from the perspective, unfortunately, especially in the United States, doing things, capitalism is like one entity and it's and it wins all the time, meaning the money is really the thing. This was a Spotify investment, their business to do all the things they're doing, making podcasting and audio, the bosses of all the things and the leaders and and the number one, right? This was a business decision that they knew they needed to get. Yeah. The values and the ethics and all of that stuff was never consulted with the company. I mean, when this acquisition was going on or even when this deal went through, given the amount of people that work for the company, I don't think people were like, hey, send an email. Do you think that we should um, sign Joe Rogan? Who does <laughs> like, that? There, Who there does were probably that? like two or three or maybe, you know, the, t- the board, f- five executives that made this decision that was solely based on business. Right. They were supposed to tr- attract people because it was going to be only on their platform. It was taken off the other platform. So there it is. And now the employees are like, well, we don't like this. Well, I would say then go to work for another company. I don't know what to tell you. We bought this. We've already paid them $100 million. There's a contract. We're putting it up. Yeah. The issue with uh, a lot of the Spotify stuff, and, and unfortunately, this is why I always implore everybody to work on their mission and vision and values of the company, because you can always refer back to them and you can always go, this is what we stand for. This is why we do what we do. And this is how we refine it. And you revisit and you implore it in the company culture. With Spotify, they're doing some incredible work in the space that is really allowing for women of color voices, underrepresented voices. They're making these deals, right? I forgot what the latest thing is. I forgot the I think it's in Africa or India that they're doing some really great stuff. Oh, they are just partnered with an Indian company to create content for children. And that's just focused on bilingualism in India. It's got different languages, Indian dialects and whatnot and stories. And it's like really great stuff. They're really funding this. All of that is amazing. But it goes in direct, like it fights with itself, with all of these other ways. And so I think that's what's happening is there's, I'm sure if I was in Spotify and I was spearheading that, I would be super stoked. If I was spearheading Sound Up Bootcamp, I would be super stoked. But then like I go out into the world and somebody's like, you work for Spotify and they're hosting that dude. It's not even about mission and vision. Nowhere in their company explanation is we only put out content that all of our staff agrees with. Right. You are, you're totally right about that. They are an entertainment provider, just like HBO, just like every television channel, just like every radio channel. And nowhere does it say we have to put out what we think is nice. They knew exactly what they bought. They're putting out what they bought. They know people listen because he can be very controversial. They did that on purpose. Their employees are going to have to bite it. I mean – I'm not saying that any of his opinions are valid or worth anyone's time listening to, but he's getting paid to do his job. And that is his him doing his job is to be controversial and to have people on that have opinions that are the same as his and opinions that are different from his. He's doing his job. I don't think we all have to walk around fixing everyone else's morals just because we don't agree with them. I mean – I know in my head what's right and wrong, but I, I'm not going to tell other companies how to feel about the same things, I guess. I think, you know, Jenny Wetter in the chat actually kind of nails it here. And it's and I think that's in, to some degree, we have to also consider this in conversations. Like, mind you, we, you and I do not have 
influence on Spotify and their companies. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our independent companies because I truly believe each one of us is essentially a network and we are a media entity. So Jenny Wetter says, easy to look past the controversial things that he says or allows on for a board if none of them are in the groups that have been targeted. And that also nails it. It's like one of those things where it's like, hey, if it's not affecting you, you don't see it, you don't believe it, you don't understand that it's a big deal. It, eh. But it's also like, oh, he hates Nazis. That's cool. Just because it's not something that you agree with or don't agree with. Or people who have been targeted unfairly, like, if he hates Nazis, it's fine. If he hates Jews, we have to pull it. You know, like, that's technically... All right, Nazis are an extreme example. Because most of the time people pull Nazi content but like i don't know the trans thing is also something that's like a human rights issue and i guess that's why it's muddled because trans rights are constantly being violated and they're not set up in a way that protects trans people so it's an insensitive thing for him to promote but that said he is who he is and this is an issue that he had already very strong opinions about before he was with spotify and, uh, and mind you, when it comes to like when you're saying trans issues, I think that with that is it's not issues themselves. It's the death. It's the violence against the trans community. The fact that it's a life or death situation. So it's not even like we need to give trans people rights. It's the fact that they're being murdered constantly, yeah. particularly yeah. outside the U.S. I mean, that's not like a thing, but like it is horrific What's happening to trans people? Uh, like I get the news from, especially in Latin America and Central America and El Salvador and all of these places who, I mean, if you think you might possibly have a problem with trans people, Latin America is way back in even acknowledging anything regarding humanity of yeah. somebody who is not cisgendered in some way and straight up, just straight, straight cis. The end. And it's like, and to see the absolute defacement of not even treating them like a human is where I think it's it's really rough, man. It really escalates it. And that's why, like, I'm getting, like, what I've seen in terms of the news that are coming from other parts of the world. Yeah, I get it. So I don't want to make this about a trans issue because it's it's that's not it. I think I want to bring it back and maybe just leave it to the fact that I want everybody, all of us, particularly moving into 2021, that we actually have a lot more power than we think and that we need to make a decision. I am, am I this type of a producer or am I this type of a producer? Or is there a mixture or in what way could I not necessarily justify your words, but in what way does that align with something that means something to you in the way that you live your life? And if it goes against it, then I I do believe just like, you know, you were saying that maybe this is a time to possibly, well, this is what's so hard because you can't just say, why don't you just leave Spotify? What if this is your, like, you have a family, you're in the middle of a pandemic, you're like taking care of your For most of us, I don't think we have the luxury of just being like, you know what? I quit. I'm just going to head out. (laughs) Then you just keep your mouth shut. So here's the thing I keep thinking to myself. Joe had a very successful podcast. It was making him an amazing living. And now I'm thinking to myself, how much is it really worth being in a fishbowl and and under a microscope going to Spotify for $100 And then I keep going, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. $100 million is a lot of money. But again, it's Spotify's choice. They can either put the content up there or not. He's still getting paid. And if they don't put it up there, then the people that are fans of Joe Rogan, I don't know how many people he gets and downloads or whatever, they're going to be upset because now they can't listen to that at all. Before, they, he had he had control of it. He put out whatever he put out and they could listen. Now, mm-hmm. Spotify says, well, we just I just did this episode and they won't put it up. My understanding is he still has control. It is a right. licensing he just, he deal, just has a licensing not an deal. ownership deal. He owns his content. Right, but yeah. Spotify doesn't have to put his content up there. They own their platform. That's true. They could not license certain episodes right. if they don't want to. But he still gets paid. The people that get screwed are his right. fans that would want to listen to that episode, but now can't because somebody has a hair up their backside. Well, that's true. Right. But again, looking back to just... 
the responsibility and also recognizing the privilege of being able to say, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and just suck it up. And what that really does to a human, because I don't know yeah. about you, but if you've been in not a, supposed to do that. a situation where you work through. Yes. Hell. I mean, yeah, but no. we all have that. And again, to recognize right what to that really something. means and does to an entire culture and how that affects people you work with, how that affects everything. And, you know, if we do want to change 2020, maybe it's time to kind of look at some of those things and how to address it from a, not only from an, um, I guess, a perspective of, of yourself, but also when it is time for you to stand, to, to speak up and when it is time for you to be quiet and to honor the people who really don't have another choice and are in a position of constantly being berated just for being who they are in a, in a place where they don't feel safe. And I think that that's really the bottom line for Spotify is that if you kind of don't take care of some people, there are some people who are really going to feel completely devalued and they don't have a choice to go somewhere else. That's a good point. I mean, what so, are you doing to your company culture by allowing content that's hurtful? Are you creating a situation where everyone who works from you has the same point of view because the people who don't have that point of view can't stomach working for you anymore? And do you want that? Also, Jess, I know that you're really an advocate and this is something that has opened my eyes a lot and I... I now have it as part of my consciousness is you looking at the things that we have in our store that have sizes that fit the population that most of us in the U.S. in the lens that we look at are always looking at certain sizes, which are not possibly the reality of other bodies or or having bodies that are slightly bigger than other bodies. Mm -hmm. And I never had that problem. I always can just buy whatever whatever's there. Yeah. And I never thought about people who have need larger sizes and to recognize that there's a lot of companies that do not offer clothing for people who are larger sized. That's right. They don't. And in my first thought was like, well, so what? You can go get it. You can go find your own clothes. And then in recognizing that, that was my initial response is like, fuck you. Who am I? Yeah, it is. It is super disrespectful to not recognize and uh, and advocate for people who have larger bodies. And so if I sit there and I'm in a company and my company tells me we're going to go with this with this outfit. This is the uniform you're going to get. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't make your size. Yeah. And then everything is made just without your size. And then you're like, "Well, this is the only job I can have." And it's like, "Well, sorry." Oh, and you can, you don't you can't sit there. Or you can't, like, the bathrooms are super tiny and you could barely stitch your butt that you're going to get stuck in your toilet seat. I don't know. I mean, there's so many Now you're things. reaching. Now you're just reaching. Yeah, I know. I know. I am. No, I she's know. not. I'm just saying, in terms of, like, the, the design of a space, the way that know. you're welcomed in a space, the way that people make you feel safe, cared for, and heard when yeah. you don't fit the norm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's an important one to me because I am a fluffy person. I live with a fluffy person. His whole family is very fluffy. And it really pisses me off to hear that they can't fit in an airplane seat or that they have to buy two seats. The people that have to buy two seats to That's fly me. somewhere is fucking ridiculous. But I mean, each seat is worth X amount of dollars. So I get it business wise, but it's just not fair. It's not fair that there's no option other than that. It's no fair that like when, I, you know, the first couple of podcast conferences that I went to had unisex or men's up to extra large. And like my boobs alone are a, are a 1X. Forget the rest of me. I can't fit these boobs in an XL. I have not been able to do it since high school. Who exactly are you selling to? You have to think about that when you travel and when you're offering swag, when you put together a store. And I'm talking to those of you who are listening who do participate in podcasting conferences and buy swag and do that sort of thing. Like when you don't take in consideration gender and size and race and sexuality, you inevitably are going to leave somebody out. It's just you, you're just you're, you might have no choice. When I go to a podcast conference, they say, what kind of T-shirt you want? I get them for my kids because they don't make them in my size. Right. That's such bullshit. There's a podcast t-shirt that I would love to have. It's about podcast math. It's two plus two. When you do podcast math, you can't do it during the show. So it's two plus two equals chicken. And it's not big enough. 
I can't get it. Now, Emily just got one. Two plus two yeah. equals chicken. I yeah, can't but look how one. much weight she had to lose to get it. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, but and I think that that's what, that's what I, I She's think. She's lost like 100 the, pounds. That's what I'm getting at here. So it's not necessary. It's just yeah. to become aware that there are other humans that are not particularly like you that maybe yeah. haven't ever had to deal like me again. I have never had to deal with this. That is part of my genetics. I'm not an extra dieter. I'm not an extra. I just, it's genetics. It's always been that way. So that's a privilege of my genetics. So in terms of that, I do not have the experience that anybody that's larger body than mine. I need help to see that. I need help from somebody in my, like, Okay, so the company with right here with Jess, I need somebody like her to tell me, you need to think about this too. And then I can go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that because she's on the board. She's on the board. She is on our board and she can voice this to me. And then I can either look her in the eye and say, you know what, Jess, that's not important. Or I can say, you know what, let's do something about it and let's change it. And so when people are not there advocating, and number one, the other thing, if somebody's going to go, well, there's not enough sizes here for me. There can somebody that's going to like just make her go like, whatever, there she goes again, that fluffy lady. Or she can have somebody on the board that's going to say, you know what, I think it's time we did something about this. And then maybe somebody else that's skinny and happy, like happy with their little body can go, you know what? We do need to make sure we have more sizes. And then somebody else stands up and says, "Those are that's what advocacy is. So we don't sit there and just because it's not a thing, now I can carry it just with me. Just because it's not when pertaining she's not to you doesn't mean you can't advocate for it. That's what you're saying. Just because that's it doesn't apply to I'm you saying, doesn't exactly. mean you can't care about it. I agree. Exactly. Speaking of people not being all the same, Let's bring up Dr. Ginger now. Okay. Yes, this is perfect, which is why I placed her right there. (laughs) So for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to you guys about Dr. Ginger and why you would want to call her and have her be a guest on your show. She has a new book. It's about being certain and uncertain, which is a fascinating topic. But I've never, you know, and I've mentioned a couple of times she has a really interesting personal story. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you in a little bit on what it is. So Dr. Ginger is a, um, a surgeon. She's a doctor a true doctor, like hospital doctor. And I don't want to misspeak and say the wrong thing. So I'm going to be vague about what kind of medicine it is because I don't remember. I think she's in palliative care too. I don't know if they're related because I don't remember. But here's what I'll say. She was married to the same man for, I want to say 50 years. They met in high school or college. He passed away suddenly about three or four years ago. I think she was like in her 60s. So let's say they were married for like 45 years. Well, within months... She came out as a lesbian and then started a podcast called Graying Rainbows about people who come out later in life. All I'll say is that, my friend, is a ballsy move. Like that's a very interesting thing to do is to be married to someone that you love for years and years and years. And then as soon as they pass away, make a dra- not a drastic life change because she does has the same career, looks the same, acts the same. She's the same. But also... She's identifying herself late in life as a completely different as she did five years ago. I just think that shit is fascinating. And I mean, think about yourself and your podcast right now. It's an inspirational story. It's a fascinating story. It is a story about certainty and uncertainty. And how long was she uncertain for? Or was she certain the entire time? I mean, I've never asked her these questions. We are good friends, but you know. I've never gotten this deeply into it with her about her personal life because, you know, it's never come up and it's none of my whatever. But what I'm saying is I also don't have a podcast that would allow me the opportunity to grill her about this either. But I do think if you do have a podcast about confidence, authenticity, making decisions, being yourself about standing up for what you believe in, if it's about politics, if it's about business, you know, certainty comes to us in everything that we do. We make decisions a lot of times with uncertainty. But her book is called Are You Sure? The Unconscious Origins of Certainty. And it explores a lot of interesting stuff about memory, why our memories matter, how you can't change someone's mind with just facts. You need to have a little something extra. 
I would really encourage you to give her a shout, brainsciencepodcast at gmail.com. She's a really interesting woman. She's at all the podcast conferences. She's usually speaking, I believe. Um, but she wants to talk about this book that she wrote. This is her second book about neuroscience. Um, but she has this really interesting backstory that I think goes with it. And then also with our political climate, there's interesting stuff to cover there too about how do you know you're certain about which candidate you're going to vote for? Why are you so certain about whose lives matter? Why are you certain about this, but not certain about that? Why are you certain about this area, but not certain about that area? I think right now, more than ever, she would be a fascinating guest. So check her out, brainsciencepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can email me if you have any questions about how to get in touch with her before you reach out to her, just at shepodcast.com. And that's it. That's it for Dr. Ginger. Woo-hoo! But I mean, it sort of went along with the top theme. So I thought it was perfect. It was yeah. perfect. Um, and now we're just going to finish it off with some two little bit of news really, really quickly before we get into my tool tips. So the next bit of news is that Amazon Music has now has podcasts. So, whoa. I'm going to talk about some stats. We don't really have that many people live. So you're going to, those of you who are listening can get this way ahead of time because I'm releasing the feed tomorrow and... Um, but but this show is not going to go live until Friday. So whatever. It doesn't matter. When you're listening to this, You, if you're watching this live, you're getting this before anybody else. So number one, I just want to say that Amazon Music now has podcasts. And they are Whoop. look great online. Yep. They look fantastic online. Really fantastic. Of course, she podcast is there. And they support episode artwork, which is one of my favorites. So it looks beautiful. All of our artwork on every episode is, oh, I love it so much. So anyway, it's there. But it wasn't really always a happy thing. So when this first came out, meaning before they launched, they wanted you to put your show in. And there were a lot of people that looked at the TOS. And there's some stuff in there where they said, (laughs) speaking of the same thing, I guess there was a clause in the TOS that said if you said anything bad about Amazon, they could take your show down. So I guess that was okay because it was in the TOS. But alas, they have removed that. And I found it on a website here, GeekWire. Here's a quote from there. Amazon has removed a clause prohibiting disparaging comments about the company from its podcast content license agreement on Amazon Music and Amazon's Audible subsidiary. I guess the reason that they removed it, though, is because somebody read it. This guy, forgot what his name is, journalist Matthew Keyes, and he broke the news about it. So that was like, oh, my God, it's part of the TOS. And so people didn't, they changed it. That said, I think Amazon Music is going to be big. Because Rob on the feed, episode 177, which those of you who are watching live can hear this for the very first time. It's nowhere live. Just you people are going to get it. And of course, my co-hosts. He said, quote, it will be November before we can report good numbers on Amazon Music. But I can say this in the first full day after launch, Amazon Music on that day had more downloads than Downcast, TuneIn Radio, Castro, Antennapod, Himalaya, Podkicker, and Luminary, plus some others mentioned previously. It is just one day's worth of data, but still, if you have not submitted your show to Amazon Music, you really need to end quote. All right. Have you looked at our stats? Even though they're Uh, not I have not gone to our stats yet. But we are on Amazon Music, correct? Yes, we are on Amazon Music, yes. All right, now I I'm sent curious. you a link to our Amazon Music store. I think you skipped yes, it. Yes, you did. I did. I did. You, you never? did and I did. I was just double checking. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we don't have, you're, he's right. We don't have any reports on ours. Oh, it says 24. But we just did it like four days ago. Right. I know. They just launched. Yeah. I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Just the fact that somebody found us there is amazing. Considering on LinkedIn, it's 32 for all time. Yeah. Pretty good, I would say. I'd say that's impressive numbers for like three days in comparison right? to like all of time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty so, funny. It is really awesome. I'm rooting for Amazon to take down Spotify. That's just me, though. Oh, stop. I, they don't need to take it down. That's really good. So I'll have a link in the show notes, y'all, for those of you who host on Libsyn. Um, there is a really easy way to add it. I mean, it's just like adding another destination. It's really, really cool. But actually, speaking of Libsyn, we would love for you, particularly you, those of you that really love She Podcast, to sign up for the Libsyn 5 beta. There's going to be a link in the show notes so that y'all can 
sign up and be a part of the process. You do not have to be a Libsyn user to test the beta out. Um, I have shown some screenshots to Jessica of the beta. Yes, and it's so in fact, cool, there's you guys. There's a little Easter egg on our show notes on episode 176. If you go to our website, I'm not going to mention it, but if you go to our website for episode 285, so that would not be this episode, last week's episode, there's a little Easter egg on that webpage so that you can see maybe a little something, something that's only accessible to some of us that are using the beta. Again, it's a beta, so there are some things that are not going to be working in the way that you want. But if you want to be a part of designing Libsyn, of actually seeing, like having a say into the way things look and how they move and all that stuff, we got to move on it. Leaving that there and then going to, really quickly, into tooltips and we'll wrap it up. Elsie's tooltips. So I just want to give a shout out to the company that has saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) They are actually, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is the very first episode that I am doing with my new fiber internet. I have my own fiber line that's coming directly to my house. I have my own static IP just for my house. (laughs) It's insane. So I know it's insane. It's crazy. So I found a nonprofit company that serves North Carolina, can't like in the counties that I live in, plus a couple of adjacent counties that live right where I am, primarily rural North Carolina. And it is for businesses only. So I am so grateful. I am a she podcast business person, and therefore that's my business, and that's why they came and installed Yay. it for me. I am saving. I can't even tell you how much money I'm saving, and I also I want to know. Um, you can tell me how well, much I can't. You well, I know because right now I was paying a dollar per gigabyte, so more than a dollar per gigabyte. So you, I want you to think about how much money that is, or like how, how many that gigabyte? what ends up being. It's insane. So I had to literally look at everything that was being downloaded, who was being online, what they were doing. There was no updates happening in the back. There was nothing happening in the back. Like I was monitoring everything all the time. And the speeds, and, but That's with no this way thing, to live, I, Elsie. It's no way I, to live. No way to live. I pay for speed. So I have made a very reasonable choice oh, of no. having 50 gigabytes down and 25 gigabytes up. That's what I have chosen. That's the level above the first level. Frugality. And so, mind you, that's because I wanted to save a little bit of money. If I need to up it, I actually have the option to. I don't know what how fast it probably a hundred. I would think mine's a hundred. But yeah, it's so I have the option to pay more for faster speeds. But I was dealing with like yeah, see how ten gigabytes up. You're going to be spoiled with gigabytes. No, ten gigabytes down, two gigabytes up. You'll be spoiled with anything at this point. So just see if eventually you get to be like, why is it so slow? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But right now, anything is better than before. So you're just like, oh, my God, the speed. Yeah. So. (laughs) Oh, my God, it's insane. I'm actually going to post in the show notes. Everybody, please do this. In the show notes, they have a Facebook page. Um, Their company is called Pangea, and it's P-A-N-G-A-E. A dot us and they do have a facebook page it'll be a link in the show notes and they also have a linkedin page company page i'd love it if you give them a shout out say thank you for giving elsie from she podcasts i think that you need to do both i thank you for giving elsie from she podcast internet thank you thank you thank you because i love them so much i love them saved i mean it's amazing (laughs) they have been an amazing company. Yay. They installed it all. They gave me. It's. I can't. I can't say enough. Obviously, I had to provide my own router and all that stuff, but I could do that. Now you can watch uh, Netflix and everything on a TV with the family. And do you own a stuff. TV? We do own a TV. I'm Yay. trying to. I'm trying to set up my Apple, my old school Apple TV, to see if we can do it because I don't have an antenna. We've never upgraded our Apple TV. Uh, I've had it for years and years. It just does the same thing it's supposed to do all the time. Yeah, I know. I just have to find the remote now. I don't know where it is. Oh, that is important. <laughs> you can get a Chromecast for like $35 and that'll do all the things. Roku too. also. We have Roku. That was yeah, 30 bucks. Bunch of them. Anyway, we are going to have to wrap it up here. I will talk about the other tooltip in there later for the next episode. But Jessica, you can take us out with maybe produce your podcast real quick and mm. the end. 
Yes, produce your podcast, my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> so, produce your podcast has really saved our butts. It is a company that helps you, guess what? Produce your podcast. So, Duh. not record, edit if you want, but production is sort of everything that isn't recording. They do show notes, they do editing, they do... um tweaking they do for us they do our graphics they do show notes they do our email sending once a week they do some of our marketing for us that we just did not have the bandwidth to do so um we were we're super excited to partner with them we've also partnered with them for our membership because the owner of podhive tracy deforged also does our uh producer podcast also does podhive and they do we new weekly webinars every week inside the super squad so you'll get to know her they're very smart very capable surprisingly so not because it's tracy but just because legitimately i don't think elsie and i have ever trusted another human being with the ability to help us with our show this is the first time that someone has not only been capable and exceedingly so but also follows up with us on a consistent basis because we are of course the loggerhead in everything we do so their team is persistent determined and skilled it's the best ever it's exactly what you need if you cannot seem to work out who's going to help you with your podcast. So check out produceyourpodcast.com. And on that note, we would like to say thank you so much for listening to us. You don't have to do that every week, but we're so glad you do. If you want to find us on social, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at She Podcast. You can also find us on our website, ShePodcast.com. That's where our show notes are. You can send us an email, feedback at shepodcast.com, or you can go on our website and do audio feedback as well. I don't think there's any other calls to action at this time, except if you are excited about the membership, we are too. It is launching. We have a date. It's happening. Go to shepodcast.com forward slash waitlist. Yes, shepodcast.com forward slash, yeah, wait. Get on the waitlist, or if you want to join early, it is technically open and you can join, but there will be less fanfare and more fanfare if you do it when we say so. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Mean it. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye. <laughs>